This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. just want to welcome everyone that's tuned into Radio K Pulpit. You're with Alana Olifi with Body Matters. And today I'm going to be chatting a little bit about how does faith produce righteous living? Now, you know, faith can be taken in many different um, forms. We can see faith in different instances, but there are ways in which we, where faith definitely produces righteous living. So the scripture says faith without works is dead. And today that's going to be the focus point of my chat with you today. So let's look at what is faith. You know, according to the Oxford Dictionary, faith is putting your complete trust in someone or something. And a synonym for faith is to believe, to trust or to put your confidence in. So faith is to believe. Now, we also know in many scriptures that faith is the um you know, faith comes from hearing the word of God. So how do we obtain faith? We obtain faith through hearing the word of God. So let's look at Ephesians 2, 8 to 9 that says, For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. And this is this faith is not from yourself and is a gift from God, not as a result of works so that no one can boast. You see, when we accept Jesus in our lives, the very first step of faith comes into practice. When we choose to put our faith in an unseen God, that is true faith. And to believe that God exists is also faith. So when we confess it with our mouths and we proclaim that Jesus is Lord, that on its own is faith. So let's look at Romans 10, 9 to 10, which says, If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with your heart you believed and are justified, and with your mouth you confess and are saved. Isn't that amazing? When we looked at the synonym of faith is to believe. So when you and I accepted Jesus, the very first faith that we had is to believe in an unseen God and to believe that that God exists. And the Bible said it's through grace that we have been saved. Okay, so faith is not something that we've earned or worked for or anything. Do you know that even when you give your life to the Lord, It's not in your own faith that you've accepted him. It's faith that God puts in your heart and my heart to accept him. It is through faith in Christ that we are saved. It also says that faith does not come from us, but it's a gift from God. Faith is not something that man can produce on by himself or on your own. Faith has been placed in our hearts. So let's look at that concept. Okay, so we know um, faith is a synonym to believe, okay, to believe in something. And faith is something that we cannot see. So first of all, we put our faith in God. We can't see God, but we put our faith in him. 
And I just want to read also here that when we say faith has been placed in our hearts, it says here in John fifteen sixteen, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you may go out and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And so that whatever you ask in my name, the father will give you. You see, you can't work to receive faith, but when you receive faith, you need to work it out to perfect it. So what is the topic for today? How does faith produce righteousness? But let's look at faith because faith is one of the most important principles in God's kingdom. We now belong to the kingdom of heaven and no longer to the kingdom of darkness. You see, when we, act, when we have access to the spiritual realm through the Holy Spirit who lives within us, See, the minute we receive Jesus in our hearts, we live by a whole new set of principles. We don't live according to the ways of the world anymore. We live according to a new principle called faith. It says in Romans 1.17, it says the righteous will live by faith. Who is the righteous? Everyone who's given their lives to the Lord. And if the Holy Spirit resides in you, then you will live by faith. You are the righteous. You see, the principle of faith is not about what is seen with the physical eye, but about putting our trust in something and someone far greater than ourselves and this world, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ. So we are the righteousness of Christ, and faith becomes the new lifestyle of righteousness. So what is faith according to the word of God? In Hebrews 11, 1, it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Okay, so we put our faith in God. Have we seen God? No. Do we believe he exists? Yes. So faith is hoping and trusting also for a good outcome. Okay, so let's take this in a different context. Say, for instance, the first kind of faith is having faith in Jesus. Believing in him, trusting in him, and that kind of faith is is faith that no one you can't explain that kind of faith. You know, so that is the one faith. Then there's another kind of faith, and that is when we are trusting God for something. So in Hebrews eleven one, let's read it again. Now faith is this is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. So faith is hoping and trusting for a good outcome, even when we can't see the physical evidence of it yet. So faith is to be totally convinced that something we are trusting God for will materialize, even though it has not manifested yet. Can you see that in order to to have this kind of faith, we need to to put our trust and belief in God that he will work it out for good. And it doesn't matter. You might be trusting God for healing. You might be trusting God for a breakthrough in your circumstances. And so we'll, we'll catch up with it later on where it says, whatever you ask, believe and it will be given to you. So, Faith is something that we are trusting God for. And I love it says, it's the substance of things hoped for. What are you hoping for? What are you trusting God for? 
and it's the evidence of things not yet seen. So faith means that those things, even though we cannot see it with the physical eye, it will happen if we believe. And just to add to that, can you see that in order to have faith, in order to have faith for anything, we need to have hope. Because faith goes hand in hand with hope. Because it says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. And I'm trying to explain this, that faith is when we are trusting for something good. We're excited. We are, we are anticipating something good to happen. But you can't have faith when you are hopeless, um, I don't know if anyone has been down. If you've been hopeless and you're trusting for something, you just can't. It's because you don't have hope. So one of the building blocks for faith is hope. Hope is the state of mind that believes and desires a positive outcome in your situation. Hope is determined by what we choose to believe and visualize in our minds. And vice versa, faith is the building blocks that produces hope and it is the reassurance that something will come to pass. Just think about that. You can't have faith if you don't have hope and you can't believe that that Jesus exists without faith. You have to believe it. You have to, to hope and trust in something or someone and that is really the essence of faith. So let's just take a short music break and then we're going to touch on what do we need for faith and then also how does faith produce righteous living. If you've just tuned into Radio K Pulpit, you're with Alana Willie for you. I just want to welcome you all back. And I'm talking about the topic of faith. What is faith? And I just want to touch on why do we need faith? So why is it important as a Christian that we have faith. So we, we now as Christians have privileges and rights as the children of the King that we never had before we were saved. And there's also unlimited resources available to us as God's children because he's our father in heaven. You know that in the Psalm 103, it talks about the benefits of God. You know, that he heals all our diseases, um, that he renews our youth. So when we are Christians, when we belong to Jesus, we have benefits. We're not just part of this earth. We are part of a kingdom of God's kingdom. No more, no more are we um, to conform to the ways and the patterns of this world. But we are to be transformed by the renewing of our minds meaning that we now have to live a new lifestyle. It says, the righteous shall live by faith. So we, as Christians, need to live by faith. And living by faith, at, you know, we become dependent on our Father and not on this world for all our provision and needs. We live in this world, but we don't depend on this world. In Philippians 4.19, it says, the Lord will supply all my needs according to the riches of his glory in Jesus Christ. In the Lord's prayer, um, 
It says that we should pray, let your kingdom come, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And in Matthew 6, 9 to 13, in other words, it says, let those things that are in heaven manifest on earth. This means that we now have access to heavenly things. So I'm just trying to stipulate the point that when we become children of the living God, We no longer operate according to the world, but we operate according to God's principles. And that is his kingdom principles. We are now in God's kingdom and things are a little bit different in God's kingdom. You see, if money is the currency of this world, then faith or believing is the currency of heaven. And through faith, we can obtain the things that we need from our heavenly father. You see, believing equals receiving in God's kingdom. For when we pay for something in the natural, we expect to get what we are paid for. If we're going to a shop and we want to purchase something, we we pay for it. We've got a currency. But in God's kingdom, the currency is faith. You see, if we ask the Lord for anything in faith, we should also be expectant that he will give us what we ask for. If it's according to his will. Now I say according to his will because because sometimes what we ask God is not, God doesn't always give us what we want. He will give us what we need because everything on this earth goes about fulfilling his purpose in our lives. So when we pray and we ask God for something in faith, we need to believe that God will give it to us. If it is according to his will, it is through faith that we bring heaven to earth. Does that make sense? That means if we on this earth, we can't receive healing. But in heaven, if you think about it, no one's sick. So whatever is in heaven, now can we can obtain on this earth through faith. It says without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. And that is in Hebrews eleven six. In other words, God is saying, you must believe that he's real. And if you ask him for anything, he will give you what you ask. We can ask God for things, as I said, what we want, but God will always give us what we need. If our motivation for asking does not line up with his desires for our lives, and it is for selfish reasons. I mean, how many times do we not ask God for things for our own selfish reasons? But he will not respond to our request because it's not his best for us, not because he doesn't want to give it to us. Sometimes um, the things we ask God, we pray and we faith for it, but things never just materialize. And we, I know many of you and myself, we ask God, why? Sometimes it's the wrong timing. Sometimes that thing is not God's best for us. And he knows that, you know, that can hurt us or hinder us in whichever way. And we need to trust that God's judgment is better than ours. So let's go back to what hinders hinders us from receiving from God. Okay, so other things that can hinder our prayers are unconfessed sin, unforgiveness, bitterness, selfishness, and just sin. 
there are only a few things that hinder us from uh, a, a, few, a few examples. Let me read an example. Sorry, in Isaiah 59, 2, it says, But your iniquities have separated you from God, and your sins have hidden his face from you, so that he will not hear. Okay, so let me quickly just read that again. Isaiah 59, 2 says, But your iniquities have separated you from God, and your sins have hidden his face from you, so that he will not hear. You know, sometimes we need to evaluate ourselves. And we need to look at the sin in our own hearts. You know, and what have, what we need to evaluate the motives of our hearts. Why do we want certain things? And we need to just lay that before the Lord. And sometimes God doesn't answer our prayers because of our motivation. So in Matthew 6, 33, it also says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. And I want to focus on righteousness. Because remember I said faith promotes righteous living. Now it says here, first seek the kingdom of God. Okay, so seeking the kingdom of God means seeking God's will. What does he want? And his righteousness Mean being in right standing with God, just doing what is right, obeying God, and all these things, everything that you're asking Him will be given unto you. So, another one it says, yeah, another scripture in James 5 6, and it says, The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. So, if we evaluate our hearts, we confess our sins, and we come clean before the Lord, we, we give it to Him. Then it says the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. You know, sometimes when we, you know, we we have all these things that we are going through and sometimes we just feel like God is just so far from us. And the word of God says, draw near to me and I will draw near to you. You know, sometimes we just need to get back into the presence of God and seek his will. And you know what? God is faithful. He hears all our prayers. And he says, the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. So look at some, let us look at some more scriptures confirming that prayer with faith is effective. Okay, so when you pray, you need to believe that whatever you ask God, he will give it to you. Because that is the currency. I'm asking for something. And in order to get that, I need to believe, totally be convinced like Abraham was totally convinced of God's promises, we need to con- be convinced that God is able to do it if it is in his will. So in Matthew eighteen twenty two, it says, and whatever you ask in prayer, you will receive if you have faith. And in Matthew five thirty four, it says, Jesus said to the woman, you are now well because of your faith. And according to Matthew nine twenty nine, it says, according to your faith, it will be done to you. You see, if we look at Matthew 13, the Lord could not perform many miracles in Nazareth because of the people's unbelief. They never had the faith to receive the miracles from him, even though he was prepared to give it to them. So faith must be an important key for us to access that which we need to receive from him. 
And I do believe that the Lord can perform a miracle without faith. But I believe that he's also interested in our heart's attitude and willingness to receive from him. I also believe that faith shows our dependence on our Father in heaven. So how can we grow and mature in faith? Our faith develops and strengthens as we walk and spend intimate time with Father God and his word. Remember that faith is produced by hearing and reading and believing the word of God. And in Romans ten seventeen it says, Consequently, faith comes from hearing and hearing the word of God. Who is the word? God is the word. And in John 1, 1, in the beginning was the word and the word was God. And the word is God. The more we spend time listening to sermons and spending time in his presence, our faith has been built up daily and the word of God becomes the truth in our lives. And what is the truth? Jesus is the truth. He also calls himself the truth. And in John 14 verse 6, it says, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. You see, our measure of faith is as strong as our measure of truth. The more we know the word of God, the greater our measure of faith will be. Our faith is ever increasing in proportion to the knowledge of God and the truth. Faith is when we line up our thoughts with God's thoughts. What does he say about our situations? Causing us to believe what he says about our circumstances so that we may be fully convinced thereof. It is not based on our emotions, but based on his truth. We must never allow what we are feeling to dictate our truth. Our emotions will always fluctuate, but God's word cannot be shaken. So in other words, the more we read and we know the word of God, the more truth we know, the more, because the word of God says, my people will perish because of a lack of knowledge. So if you and I don't know the word of God and we don't know our rights and authorities, we won't know the truth. We won't know what we are entitled to. We will not know our authority. We will not know our rights as the children of God. So the more truth we know, the greater our faith will be, the more we can trust God for and believe it. You know, I don't know if any of you have been sick And, you know, when you are sick, you want to go and get scriptures on healing and you read those scriptures and you meditate on those scriptures. Why? Because the more you spend time reading it, the more you believe it, the greater your faith will be that God can actually do it. God wants to produce faith in you through his word. And that's why the Bible says faith is produced by reading the word of God, by hearing it, by listening to it, by meditating on it. Because the more you know it, the more faith you have. So your faith, your truth is equivalent to your measure of faith. Your faith is equivalent to your measure of truth. And God's word is the truth. It doesn't matter how you and I feel in a situation. The word of God overrides our emotions If we take that scripture and we are not feeling well and we say, by his stripes, we are healed and we trust God for healing 
and we believe it and we, we declare it, we listen to it, we, we listen to healing sermons. And the more we are so convinced by all of that, that God can do it, that it builds faith. And we, and, and you know, we, or should I say, the word says that we need faith as small as a mustard seed to move mountains. So let me come on the topic of today. How does faith produce righteous living? In James 2.17 it says, Faith without works is dead. Okay, so there's two parts. Okay, so we need to perfect our faith by acting upon what we believe God wants us to do. Okay, otherwise it is meaningless. So if, for instance, God tells you to do something, or you really believe God told you to do something, and you don't act upon it, that faith that you have is meaningless because faith not put in action is dead. So faith without works is dead. So when we look at faith, there's two Two, um, it's like a double barrel. First of all, is believing what faith is and then taking that faith and living that faith. So believing on its own is not sufficient enough. You know that even the demons believe in God. Therefore, we need to step out in faith, speaking, declaring God's truth and acting upon what we believe God is telling us to do. By doing this, we are perfecting our faith through obedience. Faith in action always produce good works. Now, can you see that faith is hearing the word of God, believing and trusting it? That's how we get faith. Now we need to live it out. And living that faith out is righteous living. So let me read, say that again. Faith in action always produces good works, which promotes righteous living. So if you and I want to live a life that is righteous and good before the Lord, then we need to be obedient to the word of God. You know, it's one thing knowing the word of God, but it's another thing living the word of God. And living the word of God is righteousness, righteous living. God is the one who gives us faith. You know, he's the one that planted faith in us because faith is not from ourselves. And the word of God says that he is the author and the perfecter of our faith. One of God's missions is to perfect faith in us. Hebrews 12 verse 2 says, let us fix our eyes on Jesus the author and perfecter of our faith. He will bring to completion the work he started in you. He will cause your faith to grow as you abide and obey him. You know that every trial, test and hardship we endure, that God he allows us to grow through that. And it's not because God doesn't want us to be happy. It's because every time... We go through hardship. It is to cultivate faith within us. Okay, so hear me out. We need to, perf- God is the one perfecting faith in us. And how does he perfect faith in us? 
He puts us through trials. He allows us to go through trials and tribulations and all of that. Sometimes it's not from God, but he will allow us to go through that so that we can mature in our faith. You see, faith is progressive as we mature in him. Faith in action promotes righteous living. And this is how we work out our salvation, meaning that when we know the truth, we need to walk in the truth. Otherwise, we actually deliberately sin. We're walking in disobedience. Um, in Luke 18, 8, it says, When the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? Think about it. When the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? Okay, so this means, will he find people still walking in the truth? That is the question. Will God still find people walking in the truth? As I said, it's one thing to know the truth. You know, you can know the word of God back to front. But if you're not living God's word back to front, then that faith means nothing. You've got knowledgeable faith and then you've got the faith that you put into practice. Um, and it says there, and it, it it says that not everyone who calls me Father, Father, will enter into the kingdom of heaven, but those who do the will of God. Can you see there's a difference? You may know him through the word, but it's doing his will that perfects faith. It's a double. It's a believing and walking in it. And God is saying, will I find people still walking in the truth when I come? You see, faith without works is dead. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith with, without works is dead also. Now, I want to just elaborate on that. For as the body without the spirit is dead. Do you know how powerful that statement is? You know, when you don't have the spirit of God in you, you are dead to the world. And he is actually comparing that to having faith, but not living the faith. You're also dead. This means that your faith means nothing or is nullified when you don't act or live according to it. In Matthew seven twenty one, it says, Not everyone, as I'm going to repeat it, who says, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Here it means the will of God. Do you know that demons also know the word of God? Do they live it? No. They know who's Jesus. So faith is perfected in us when we do the will of God, when we know it and we, we do it. And that produces, once we step out, and we live according to the will of God. We are living in righteousness. And that is righteous living. You know, faith produces peace. And let's just look at other aspects of faith. You know, when we've got faith, we'll have peace. When we do the right thing, when we step out in faith, we'll have complete peace. Because that's one of the ways in which God regulates us. You know, when we walk in faith, we'll experience God's peace and a supernatural knowing that you are in his will. 
you know, the minute we step out of God's will, our peace leaves us also. Because God is known as the Prince of Peace. And when we're not walking with the Prince, Prince of Peace, we are out of His will. And we are not walking in faith. Peace is also an indication that we are completely trusting God in the midst of our storm. This is the peace that surpasses all understanding that will guard our hearts and minds. And then another aspect of faith is we all read in the armor of God to put on the shield of faith. How do you put on the shield of faith? The more truth you have, the greater your faith. And how does the enemy come in to attack you? He comes and he attacks you with lies. That's it. He's the, he's the father of lies. But when you know the word of God and you know the truth, the greater your faith will be, the more you'll say, no, uh-uh, that's a lie from the enemy. And you can put up your shield. So every lie that comes against you will just, it will not penetrate because you have the shield of faith on. And faith is equal to your, to your knowledge, the truth of God. The greater the truth, the greater the faith. The more you know about the word of God, the more you know what, what benefits you have in God, the authority you have in God, the goodness of God, the more you believe in God. Nothing, nothing can stand against that. If God is for you, who can be against you? So put on the shield of faith. If we read Ephesians 16 to 18, we can clearly read that the shield of faith quenches the fury darts of the enemy. Faith shields us against the lies and deceptions of the enemy because faith is rooted in the truth. It is the truth that sets us free. And it is our faith that overcomes the world. We overcome the lie of the enemy with the truth of God. That's how we do spiritual warfare. That is why we take up our shield of faith. And in 1 John 5, 4, it says, Everyone that has been born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, our faith. We are overcomers because of our faith in God. You know, nothing that we do is just having faith in Him, knowing that God is for us. The battle is already won. In Romans 8.37 it says, Despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Jesus Christ who loved us. You see, the Lord needs us as humans to accomplish His will on earth. His presence resides in us. His Spirit takes occupation in us. The Lord needs us to manifest His presence on this earth. It is through our faith in Him that miracles can take place and heaven can come to earth. Do you know what I was thinking the other day? And um, I was, as I was preparing for this and I was thinking about faith and this thought just came up. You know, there's so many churches and so many places where there's so many um, miracles taking place. People are getting healed. People are are really just, you know, God's, you just see the miracle working power of God. And I just realized to be able to walk in miracles, you have to walk in faith. And I believe that faith is, and I was just thinking, and this is just me, that thinks that when we have faith, 
the more faith we have, the more we can, um, you know, do the will of God. Because the, the word of God says it's not just word, but power. It's just not knowing the word of God is the power of God. And I was thinking about that. And it means when you're operating in faith, miracles can take place. So in Matthew 17, 20, it says, because you have so little faith, truly, I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to the mountain, move from here to there and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. You see, at times we struggle with our faith. And isn't it encouraging to know that even when you and I struggle with faith, even if we have a little faith, as small as a mustard seed, the Lord will use it to do the impossible. And can you understand why the enemy wants to steal your faith? He wants to steal your faith so that you cannot walk in the fullness that God has for you. And in Mark 23, 24, it says, Jesus said, everything is impossible for one who believes. Immediately, the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe. Help me with my unbelief. We also call out to God when our faith is weak and ask him to increase it. So we can ask God to increase our faith. Do you know how many times when you have to trust God for something and you just feel like, Lord, I just I just have no faith, you know, I Ask God for faith. Lord, help me with my faith. And God will. I mean, he's given, others have called out and said, help me with my unbelief. Help me with my faith. You see, the Lord is merciful and gracious. He knows we are weak, but he will help us if we call out to him. Even if we are faithless, just remember, the Lord continues to be faithful towards us so let us just take a short break music break and then we'll just end off if you've just tuned into radio capital but you're with the line at willie fee and today i'm talking about faith faith producing righteous living and i touched on quite a few aspects of faith you know faith trusting in god um just believing in god as faith then asking something in faith that is how we receive from God, and that faith without works is dead. So how do we produce um, righteous living? Is that the more faith we have, when we walk in the truth, we walk a life that produces righteousness. So let's look at our measure of faith. Let me just um, again recap. Our measure of faith is equivalent to our measure of truth. Therefore, the Lord sent us the Holy Spirit to guide us in all truth. He sent his spirit. We're not alone so that we can grow in our faith. And in John 16, 3, it says, however, when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. Now, the truth also equals power and authority in the spirit. The Lord wants to take us on new levels of faith. And I believe that the Lord wants to take us to a point in our walk with Him where we are totally convinced that He, the Lord, can do exceedingly abundantly more than we can ask for according to the power that works in us. And that's in Ephesians 3.20. It is His power in us. So God's power through us. God can only take us 
as far as we are willing to let our imagination, our vision, our faith take us. Can you visualize your future, your success, your victory? He will only give us according to our measure of faith. Now, each one of us have, has a measure of faith. And that measure of faith equals our measure of truth. And where do we find the truth? In the Word of God. The more we know the Word of God, the more faith we will have. And if we have faith, we can ask God anything and He will give it to us. Therefore, we need to dream big. We need to mature in our faith. And the Word says that we do not have because we do not ask. You see, we cannot limit God. God is God in what he is enabled to do through us. You know, if we have faith, we can, we can perform miracles. We can ask God for things because he says, believe and I'll give it to you. So faith is such an important principle of God's kingdom. So equip yourself in the word of God. Ask the Lord to guide you, the Holy Spirit, to guide you into all truth. Read the word of God. Let him teach you. Grow and mature in faith because that is God's heart to perfect your faith so that you are totally convinced that he, Father God, can do anything. And I just want to pray for you, end off by praying for you today. You know, many of you have now listened to me and I know I've touched on so many different aspects of faith. And I hope that the essence of faith that really kind of sunk in, in the different aspects of how important it really is. And so maybe today you trust in God for something. Maybe today you feel hopeless. Maybe today you just don't have any hope or your level of faith is so small, or maybe even non-existent, I want to pray for you. So Father God, I just want to thank you for every listener. You know where they are at, Father God. You know where they are in their walk with you, Father. I pray that you will meet them at their place of need, where they may be so low in their faith, Father. Maybe they've given up, Father, on a dream, given up on, on what they felt you said, Lord, that you had in mind for them. Maybe they got a prophetic word and that hadn't come to pass. Maybe they feel, Father God, that at this point that, you know, they've messed up so much and, you know, all the plans that they had is, you know, is not going to come to pass anymore because they messed it up. Father God, I pray that you will just Ignite that fire in them again. And Father, that you will remind them that your promises for their lives are yes and amen. If you said something, it will happen, Father. doesn't matter how they feel. It doesn't matter how bleak the future looks. Father, if you've promised them and you've given them word for their future, that it will come to pass in Jesus' name. And for those people who thought they've messed up Father or made the wrong choice, God, thank you that you will redirect each and every person back on the right track and that they will not miss out, Father, on what you have for them and what you promised them. 
because you are not a liar, that you will lie, Father. So Lord, I just pray that you will encourage every single person today and that you will just enfold them with your love. Your word says you know the plans that you have for us, Father, is to prosper us, not to harm us, but to give us hope and a future. Father, increase our level of faith today. Give us faith in situations that look so impossible, Father. Ignite that faith again, Lord, so that we may trust you and know that nothing is impossible for you. Nothing, Lord. Even if the doctors give us a bad report, Father, you've got the final say. Nothing is impossible for you. And Lord, touch every listener today. Encourage them. Strengthen their faith. Enfold them today, Father, that they may have hope. Because hope is the building block of faith. Give them hope. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for listening to me today. And we'll meet up again next Saturday at the same time from me, Alana Willyfield. Goodbye. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.